in the tech. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, good boys and girls, here we are morning, BHJ. <laughs> Every time. This is, this is Ash Schofield <laughs> here and Richard Reed from Australia joining you for uh, podcast number four, four about all things barbershop and singing and performance and exciting things. So. So welcome along once again, and uh, thank you for your continued uh, feedback and comments and questions and suggestions for future uh, discussion ideas. So uh, yeah, we roll along this uh, this uh, Tuesday, the somethingth of June, the week before International. Oh. So uh, Ash, what are we covering tonight? Hey, well, well before we start, how are you feeling, big guy? About to represent Australia in Quartet at International. Very excited. Yes, getting getting very very excited. Everything seems to be falling into place. Nice. I've got some exciting coaches lined up on the weekend, just uh, while we hang out in Vegas to get used to the mm-hmm. the um, the mild conditions. <laughs> ah, well, it is mild. It's uh, really come off the heat wave. It's only going to be. I was, I've been following this last week or so the, the climate, the weather over in uh, mm-hmm. Vegas, and uh, it's it's dropped back down to forty one maximum and and about uh, I think uh, high twenties minimum. And uh, and it has been um, high forties maximum Jeez. and then high thirties minimum Fire over there, which is just insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Anyway, I, well, I'm looking forward to it. I need a bit of a dry heat. Mm. Mm. It's been too it's been too cold here in Perth, snowy Perth. <laughs> I, 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 yes, yeah, it is. And I, I used to live in Orange, in central New South Wales, and uh, and. Uh, even though it's been fresh here in Brizzy, it's been pretty mild. Most mornings it's been it's been a minimum of about sort of 10, 11, 12, oh. and we get down as low as sort of, you know, 7, 8, 9. Um, but a mate of mine just posted the other day that it was a minimum of minus 4 in orange, <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's genu- yeah. genuinely cold. Yeah, I don't have a lot to complain what about. Have we got in, um, no. What have we got in store for our happy <laughs> listeners today, well, Professor Schofield? Well, this is part two of uh, Quartet Life. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week we, got all, we were all about talking about forming a quartet and um, how to prepare for to do your best and whatnot and some goal goal kind of discussion whereas mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't get into things like you know how to select repertoire any any interesting rehearsal styles between um, the mm-hmm. differences between our experiences um, yes and I like yeah getting into like any strange gigs we've done uh, mm-hmm. yeah you know so, and there's some there's some other cool. specific stuff that we can talk about Lots, lots to discuss. Um, well, I might get the ball rolling with a few comments off the top of my sure. head uh, about repertoire discussion, and then jump in uh, when when you feel uh, the need. Most of the quartets I've been involved with, and um, just for people forming a new quartet who are part of a chorus, it's it's not only the norm, but it's actually thoroughly sensible to have your repertoire to begin with just chorus repertoire. Yep. Um, don't feel you need to. Um, invest, you know, not only countless hours but also lots of dollars in unique repertoire to, to begin with. And the most important thing is, is um, you know, singing songs you're comfortable with, singing songs that you know already, and so you can really focus on on singing together and getting the ensemble going. It really, it really allows you to hit the ground running. Certainly, um, yeah, in quartets I've been in, we've started uh, started with um, chorus repertoire and then started to branch out from there, which I think has been a, a, a you know, that's the that's the transition. Um, way to do yeah, it. it's a good it's a good way to just help you figure out what you like and what the voices go, how the voices go and range uh-huh. stuff. Range is an mm. interesting one. I'm um, having sung with uh, 
young Ali Jameson for many years. He he'll he'll be the first to admit he doesn't have a big low voice. But um, on Uber bass, yeah. He's got a great great lower range, but he just doesn't have that huge low low stuff. And so that well, it's been a little bit challenging, but you know, it's it's um you can find quartets that have that similar vibe. Like we can actually look at a lot of instant classic stuff if we wanted to, because um yeah. uh Kyle Kyle Kitzmiller doesn't actually he never really sings that low. Also, um, Corey Hunt from OC Times yeah. is not an uber bass. He's much more of a brassy bass than a low bass, as opposed to someone like a, a Brett Littlefield or, <clears> or, <throat> uh, or uh, you know, old schoolies sorts of guys who are who are very low bass. Probably one of those reasons you see uh, a million OC Times songs out on contest stage and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, because basses can actually handle it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh no. Well, I don't think. Otherwise, they're just. They're just great arrangements. Many of them are Arendale and others, as well as um, OC Times perform the pants off them. So mm. I think there are a number yes. of reasons you, you see. Uh, <laughs> well, that song sounds so. easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, said no one said no one ever about uh, about uh, um, Aladdin. Medley, yes. <laughs> so um, um, yeah. So uh, starting off with chorus rope, so it was always a great idea. Um, um, the the and then. Um, moving on to the, one of the big mistakes that people make in, in choosing repertoire for quartet is just singing so, just singing songs that you love. Now, uh, to take that a step further, I, I would recommend that absolutely choose songs you love singing. Um, but as Ash said, they've actually got to suit you, and so suit, a suit your um, uh, your vocal ranges. And the key people there normally are the bass and the lead. Um, sometimes the bass the part is too low for your bass in your quartet and also quite often overlooked uh, is, is the lead part can often be too high yeah. um, as rep and ironically you know barbershop has been known for the 150 years as you know, you know singing and, and music for the man in the street and you know and the polecats are are chosen and designed to be sung by pretty much anyone with a nice easy range but um, uh, the the, the, the delightful vocal spectrums and uh, and lemon squeezies and uh, ringmasters of the past uh, decade yeah. or so have very much pushed the boundaries, <laughs> and I would say probably probably ten percent of the quartets in the world at most <laughs> could do just could do justice yeah. to the songs they sing. Yeah. So um, so uh, yes, you need to choose a song that um, uh, that uh, you love because that then means you bring that energy and that enjoyment to the stage. You know, you don't never want to sing a song that you ho hum about because that's, yeah, that's, that's gonna... the energy you'll perform. <laughs> exactly. <with. laughs> um, um, but then um, vocal range is a key. Um, it, absolutely experiment with getting songs arranged for you. Um, if you know, if you know arrangers, just, just approach them. Um, if you don't get in touch with Ash or me or anyone on national council or any of pretty much any of the MDs around the country and ask them to recommend there are plenty of arrangers in Australia mm. currently operating. Uh, and Ash, I understand you're taking two freshly arranged charts to international. Certainly are. By a few people who may or may not be in the quartet. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, uh, a little bit lucky to have Alex Morris in the quartet and um, and Stefan Pugliese. Uh, yeah, just a couple of uh, very clever fellas. And... Um, uh, Stefan has got has got a lot of knowledge in com- composition, whereas Alex also does, but has a lot more of that specific barbershop knowledge, which um, he was helping out Stefan with. So 
I think, uh, yeah, Stefan will come along real nicely um, moving forward. But the- Stefan, of course, arranged over the past, gee, five or more years, uh, five or six years, has, has arranged a number of songs with yeah. me, which aren't barbershop, uh, sort of narrowly, they're more just general a cappella, um, beautiful arrangements. Mm. Um, but yeah, but then just acknowledging the specifics of the, of the barbershop. Those genre. little, those little yeah. extra things. And um, yeah, it was fun uh, getting them written for us and then also develop, developing them um, as we went along. Um, yep. I must just, uh, excuse my voice, I'm a little bit sniffly, which is wonderful leading into... Luckily there's no, luckily yeah. there's no major I've got nothing, got nothing coming up or anything. Uh, but it's fine. I'll be fine. No, your voice sounds fine, okay. mate. So, um, so um, yeah, certainly um, grab a song. If you want a, a song to be arranged for you, um, grab a song that the lead uh, really connects with. Yeah. Um, the only one that I have had personal experience with is I Was Only 19, um, uh, that Nick Sherman arranged for TLA, which, yep. was, uh, which was pretty cool. Certainly one of the, my favourite songs to perform. And uh, it was... Uh, it's an interesting little journey, actually. I think Nick did a great job. Um, unbeknownst to me at the beginning, though, I, I had it was it actually sat quite nicely in my baritone range. It wasn't towards the top of my range, and then unbeknownst to us, he he flipped the melody up the octave, <laughs> uh, a, a sort of a verse in. Um, and after sort of getting over our surprise, it ended up being uh, we we saw the the musical uh, sort of genius or, or, or inspiration that Nick did that with because it really added to the drama. It of did, the song. yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, um, that was good, and, and yeah, so just tic tac with with your arrangement. But that'll be the, probably the the, um, uh, the the exception rather than rather than the rule. Getting songs arranged for yourself. Yeah. Um, start with with um, uh, with chorus songs, and then you know the next most logical or obvious way is to hop on to the the um, uh, the teach track singers websites, whether it's Tim Warwick or any of the others. There's you know there's Half a dozen more out there. Gary Lewis does teach tracks. A bunch of others do. um, um, And um, Tony DeRosa does some. And just go through and just listen to the samples and just see whether you um, whether you like the song. And then um, and then you can normally buy the all four parts for like five bucks or something. And so just buy that and listen through and listen whether whether it's you know within your range and within your your skill as well. The other one, of course, is. Again, getting back to my previous point, we sometimes we choose songs that are actually too hard yep. for us to, to execute. So um, better to better to do, really perform something well that's within our capacity rather than uh, sort of um, push the boundaries and uh, and and uh, yeah and, and not do it justice. In um, um, yeah, in, in lockout we have a we have a little rule that it's yeah the, uh, we were kind of talking about this last week when you have four times yeses so that. Um, yeah, everyone in the quartet has to say yes. There's no, oh, yeah, or, or maybe it's, it's yep, yeah. let's do that one. And yeah. and a lot of the time we'll, there'll be answers like, I like that, but I've heard it done too much. Or, And so that sort of leads you down to down the track of um, trying to find similar songs. That's a fun, fun little activity we've done is like, okay, why do we like this song? And can we find other songs that, like hit that hit that for us so that we can still do a song like that that we enjoy but it's not the same one that someone else has done or it might be a slightly easier version of something that you like that's a that's a that's a fantastic point um <clears throat> so uh, yeah make sure you 
listen to that sometimes, um, particularly in contest. Um, it's, it's, and I know the sweet ads uh, uh, um, encounter this uh, at least as much as the blokes do. Um, it's real double-edged sword. The reason that the songs are done over and over again tend to be a they're a good contest vehicle. This is a, a, a the, the explanation for that is is for the the dark arts or the black box of the music category. Whoever, <laughs> who the hell knows whatever that category is. Um, but also um, just because there's something um, engaging about the song and the arrangement, there's a bit of an X factor that just audiences just like and and performers just like to to perform. They're just nice songs. So. Um, so yeah, good point to find something similar to that mm. if uh, if you do it. So one of the yeah, one of the one of the biggest traps is, uh, is is just singing a song from a from an international champ that you like, uh, but it may not necessarily suit you. Yeah. So make sure you get something that suits you. Is it, um, is it, so the other and, yeah, anything else? Yeah, what? Well, um, yeah. uh, so I, I guess the the other thing to remember is. As much as we love it, barbershop is an extremely narrow genre, um, and so feel free to. There's a bunch of stuff that um, that choruses and quartets do out there that is not is that not barbershop. It's all part acapella, yeah. um, but it's very much more doo-wop and and various other sort of genres related. So most a song like Under the Boardwalk uh, it would not is not contestable barbershop, yeah. but it's one of the most popular. Um, uh, Lion sleeps the night, another. It's not barbershop, but it's one of the most popular. Um, four-part acapella songs out there. Um, so, uh, if you want to start to accumulate a bit of a repertoire of more than two or four um, uh, contest songs, you know, most most barbershop quartets in Australia begin with you know two uh, two to four barbershop songs from their chorus, and then they kind of look at each other and go, "Now what?" <laughs> yeah. um, so, so, um, so, yeah, accumulating a few other contestable, but uh, don't be afraid to, to go the other non-contestable as well, which which actually gives you a lot more variety yeah. in, in, in sing-outs and shows as well. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, now, having been in a few pretty serious quartets each, um, is there any big, uh, huge, glaring differences, obvious differences between uh, particular rehearsal styles throughout your groups? Have you noticed, Rich? The only one, that, well, the first one that springs to mind is... Uh, um, uh, I, in beginning to work a song, there can either be a top-down or a bottom-up approach. So you can sort of sing through the whole song and kind of get a bit of a feel and maybe do a few reps and organically get a feel for the song. Or you can take a bottom-up approach where you, you're, you're without even, you know, you come together learning it, but you, having learned it, but you, you, you actually begin targeting bits of the song, the intro or the tag or the key change or something like that. So there, and certainly... Um, uh, when yeah, when working with Catalyst, um, Rob the lead uh, likes to take more of the more of the let's target a few bits, and nail yep. them, uh, and then sort of work outward from there. Um, certainly, the, the approach I traditionally have liked to take take in my quartets has been uh, beginning with a okay, let's come together, sing it all for the first time together. You know, now that we know it, get a bit of a feel for where it sits for us, um, uh, or just a quick. That reminds me, back to repertoire, yeah. um, one of the biggest mistakes quartets make is they learn a song and having invested the, what most of us take many hours to learn a song, especially to quartet standard, biggest mis- one of the biggest mistakes people make is being afraid to throw it out. If it doesn't work, you've got to let it yeah. go. Um, if, if, if for whatever reason you find actually that's not quite in my range or um, we find that's hard to tune for some reason, there was one particular OC Time song that... Um, 
that uh, is just yeah more difficult to tune than others, and who knows why? Uh, just the chord structure, whatever it is. Um, you know, you might you might find it difficult to nail the key change, or might there might be a, the intro might be more difficult than you thought, mm -hmm. and so it's a bit wobbly. That you know you need to be able to nail it. So feel free to. Where well, yeah, know that that's an option in the best interest of the quartet to move on. Comes back to your four yeses. Yep. Try to make sure that you accumulate a repertoire where every song is a strength of yours. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that you can make going on stage is going, "I hope we get through this <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the song," rather than like if you walk on stage going, "This is just right in my wheelhouse." Yep. I just you know, I I love it and I know that the other guys love it. Yeah, it's well. huge. Um, so um, <coughs> the, another one that springs to mind. Quartet approach is uh, particularly for a long distance quartet is actually it forces you to do the stuff that you that you kind of know that you should do anyway. Yeah. But when all four of you are in in the same place, you tend not to get around to such as duets and trio. Yep. Um, uh, so yeah, normally when the four of us are in the same place and we're together each week, we just you know we all sing all the time and forget um, tr duetting and trioing is just so important. Not only because it it introduces you to different sounds when you say you take for example a lead and bass you just do those um you you, you take out the one of a better word distractions of the tenor and barry mm -hmm. and you, you you can just hear what needs to be locked in whether they're octaves whether they're you know uh, really close clashy parts whatever they are so um or you know whether someone lead might be higher so the bass needs to back off whatever it is um so and it shows uh, that yeah, yeah you so, might have been getting away with something um, that maybe the baritone was hitting a nice resonant spot and it covered up the fact that they weren't matching vowels or something. It sounded the chord sounded like it was ringing, correct. but it could ring better. And it's like oh wait a minute, you guys aren't matching on that vowel. Or conversely, a chord might not be working. You're not sure yeah. how. Um, and so you know, any good singing coach, um, Eddie Martinez used to do this with Alliance all the time. If something wasn't working, he would just go, all right, let's start with lead yep. bass. Bang. That's where you start with, and let's line them up, and then let's put the others in once we've got that all lined up, because that then allows you to identify what the little, might be a subtle tuning issue, might be a vowel issue, whatever yeah. it is. Um, so, yeah, do lots of, um, and it's just fun. And it, it not only does it mean that you can zero in on, on those little issues, it also means that it trains the guys who are sitting out. And yeah. you can you'd absolutely cycle through. One guy sit out at a time, or two guys sit out at a time, and um, and and just see, okay, what do you hear? Because in order to be singing in quartet, you 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 know you you've got a good enough ear to hear. Is it out of tune? Are the uh, uh, is the sync okay? Uh, you know, are the, are the vowels matching? Yeah. Are the placements okay? And and just um, if if you fix what you can, this is my always a bit of a rule of thumb of mine with getting in a coach. Try to fix what you can internally, because then the coach can come in and fix the things that you know hadn't occurred to you or you hadn't heard or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, lots of duetting, trioing to, to uh, the musical benefit of the quartet as well as training, basically training the ears and training the coaching capacity yeah. uh, of the other guys in the, in the quartet. We tend to do a lot, quite a bit of that in lockout. I mean, having Alex away, and we're automatically trio, tri uh -huh. trioing a lot, but um, we'll also break it down into two parts quite regularly. And then when Alex comes back to line him up with us, he can't just jump back in, even though he's only singing tenor. <laughs> it's one yeah, of my yeah. favorite lines. Um, yeah. I can say that because that's what I've done before. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah. We'll line it up and yeah, exactly that. If something's not working, we'll break it down. Um, did we do much of that in TLA? I can't. 
I don't remember doing it a lot. Well, it was not definitely not as much as I do now. Not as much. No, we did we did we did a medium amount. Mm. Uh, not not heaps. Uh, like like me in uh, in Alliance, of course. Dan for most of the time was was over in Canberra, and so we every week, you know, for three quarters at least of our rehearsals uh, over the lifetime of yeah. the quartet, we had we had the three of us, um, and uh, and then. Um, uh, Dan, then Dan came across, but also, of course, in in Catalyst, um, Dave is down at the coast, and I'm in Brizzy. So we 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 uh, certainly used to do a lot of duets week to week, which is kind of fun, the bass Barry duet, yeah. and then Rob's in Sydney and Jono's in in uh, in Adelaide. So there's actually uh, not um, a lot of options there. We had we had discussed um, the long distance quartets recording and and sort of sending it to each other, but the guys are just too busy; it just didn't work. Yeah. So it was more of a uh, more of a case of uh, you know um, come together on you know have a weekend together and work really hard then. But when we're away, um, really just you know um, it's 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 focusing on their own. Yeah, other it kind of makes sense. That, like you can you can do it that way, and it and it can be uh, uh, it it can take out that non enjoyable section that that might be um, putting you under pressure and and mm. keep that a fun experience. Like because that's a you know. The long distance quartet like that is a uh, tough. That's tough work. The other thing that I would I would say is is a quartet is and rehearsals and and linking with competition is make sure you know and you're really clear on the next bit of low hanging fruit. You know, as a judge, I've come across a lot of quartets where they think they've worked really hard, um, and they probably have put yeah. the effort in, but they haven't done it musically smartly because they're about the same they were the previous right. time that, that they walked onto the competition competition stage. So I think that's a massive um, uh, you know, lesson for rehearsal is is never never just go through the motions. I mean, yeah, enjoy the singing. If you want to just sing for the sake of singing, awesome. That's the bottom line of what we do it for. Um, but if you want to improve, make sure that you know what the low-hanging fruit is. Is it you know breath support and vocal production to tuning? Is it balance issues or whatever it is, there's, there's a list of, of as long as your arm with the most fundamental being, are you consistently singing in tune mm. with good vocal production? That's where you always have to start. Um, and, other, and then other subtleties like, you know, bringing the song to life and various things like that. Do you talk about um, what the song is about? You know, so many, so many quartets you see hop on stage and they just go from, you know, bar one to bar end. Um, and and sing the dots on the page and sing the words without actually unpacking uh, what the what what the meaning of the song is. So it, it lacks ebb and flow as a story, yep. uh, and that also links to the musicality. So, <laughs> Lockout has had to do that uh, a, a few times. Uh, like we'll we'll think we know what it's about, and then a, a coach or someone will ask us, and we're like, well, we we did know. I don't, I don't know if we know from the very beginning or that things might have slightly changed over time as well. And yeah, you, you sort yeah. of you, you agree at the beginning about what it's about, but then things just morph and you start grabbing yeah. bits from... And don't be afraid to revisit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't be afraid to revisit. <clears throat> we had a, um, um, in Catalyst, a really fun time. Rob and I, had, uh, Reed and I had a, a session working with Good Luck Charm and it was just really fun. We just sang a line at a time just stopped and went okay well what are we what does that feel like what are we what are, what was it and we we ended up coming up with a you know a great story of of you know flirting and walking into a nightclub and sitting down with a group of girls and various others and then, and then having a dance and everything escalating mm-hmm. and um not only 
does it does it give so much more meaning, you know, than just sort of a flat line yeah. of, of, of of storytelling. But also it's actually more enjoyable to perform and it's so much easier to remember where you are in the <laughs> yeah, song yeah. if the story has chapters rather than, oh, you know, just mechanically remembering is this the first time through or the second time yeah. through. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a massive one. Um, and so obviously, yeah, um, uh, as far as, you know, approach to rehearsals, uh, as I mentioned, you know, coaching is, is a massive thing, internal and external coaching. Um, and, um, you know, try to schedule at least weekly rehearsals um, most quartets, you know, live in the same region and most quartets, um, you know, schedule weekly rehearsals for, for a couple of hours, two to three hours. Um, and, and then just, it comes back to the, the issue we talked about at the start of number one, uh, podcast quartets, I think was, you know, if you're clear about why you exist as a quartet and where you're going, then that dictates how you spend rehearsals. If, if you're more of a social quartet that maybe wants to do a few sing-outs at the nursing home and the Lions Club and various other things, then, you know, just go through things and just cruise and, and be enjoyable. The more the more ambitious you get for to be musically outstanding and have, therefore, potentially have success in competition, um, the more you need to be a, a bit more um, strategic mm-hmm. and disciplined in how you spend your time. Yeah, strategic is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell us, about, tell us about speaking of rehearsals. Tell us about the pie chart, eh? Oh, the pie chart that came out <laughs> that came up very early on uh, in the Nexus days, when um, yeah we realised that sometimes we were just messing about, having a great time. You weren't necessarily spending the majority of your time in construction. No, we were having, but we were having a great time, and um, there was mm. some fun stories, and it was yeah, it was all great. But you know, those things reflected in our, you know, in we we had these goals about what how well we wanted to do things and uh, we rehearsed a lot. Well, hang on, no, we we scheduled we we scheduled rehearsals a lot and attended those scheduled times. But as much as yeah, they weren't necessarily rehearsals. So we eventually we eventually would rehearse um, schedule in. Okay, arrive here for an actual like like arrive for six for a six thirty start. That's we'll start singing at six thirty, yep. and we can just yep. all, we just have a chat before we start, and then even have a break and like like good long breaks where we could just that's, catch up that's and a, stuff. A great point you make. A couple of points to throw in there. One, learn how your quartet likes to operate because some like to get a, like to get a, get together for a meal for half an hour, an hour, hour and a half, whatever. It's you know it's awesome, um, and also like to bring wives, partners, you know, families along. Um, to to um, to enjoy the, the the time together. TLA had a great yeah. time. Um, we are with the broader TLA family hanging out and just enjoying it because for most people or many people, you know, the, the, uh, who have have uh, partners and and uh, and married, um, you know, a quartet barbershop time is away from the family. Yeah. And so if you can actually, <clears throat> you know, sometimes it can it can be joined um, very well. Um, uh, and then whether the you know families and partners go home or stick around. Is, is up to you. The other thing is, um, as far as getting to know your quartet, um, is uh, knowing how the individual, and I may have touched on this last time, how the individual personalities like to work. And a, an example of that is, if something needs to be fixed, someone might want to just do a few reps to organically fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so where some other person might, might want to actually talk through, oh, why is this? Oh, you might be a bit sharp on the third, or you yeah. might need to, is dynamic, not quite working here. Um, so just be mindful, and it's 
But again, coming back to the whole you got to like each other thing, um, uh, understand how each other likes to work so you can take account of that. You hit a problem, you go, okay, I know that Jim Bob over here likes to just have a few reps. Let's give, it, let's give him the chance to do that and, and so that we can make some progress. And then hopefully if, you know, Mary Smith over here <laughs> likes to really get, get, get stuck into the Mary Jill, Mary Jean, <laughs> get, like, get stuck into the, you know, discussing it yeah. and, and really dissecting it. Um, and the other thing is, you know, maybe two people like to discuss it in detail and the other two like to go away and have a drink yes. for five minutes or yep. something. So whatever works yeah. for you. That's fun. I spent some time uh, in front of uh, Five Seven uh, with mm-hmm. Adrian Gibble, Adam Brockway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, yeah, there's just, I'd mention those two particularly because they're very, very, very different uh, ways of approaching things. Um, and mm-hmm. it's quite a lot of fun. And, and it's fun coaching someone like that because. I think someone like Adrian, we we talk very well. We can get our points across very easily to each other without mm-hmm. many words <laughs> or mm-hmm. words that make sense. Uh, whereas with, with right. someone like Adam, I had to be quite clear and uh, not say the wrong thing as well that would be taken too literally or something like that. It was really it was quite interesting. And uh, there was one time Absolutely. I just said, just try how that feels and you know right. and it kind of worked and i was like just yeah. you know think about that later like <laughs> just just let that be yeah. what happened and then yeah yeah it was good fun no yeah, it, was, yeah, it was funny giving giving um feedback to five seven at um western region just a month or two ago uh, yeah giving yeah, it, was, it was funny yeah adam was very all right give it to me just, <laughs> yeah, get me straight um and this is another thing with uh, again the Sweet ads, you, you know, you tend to be, need to be nice and, and, and supportive, which is which is fair enough. Um, and sometimes the blokes like to you know, have it more blunt. Yeah. So just be within your quartet, be mindful of how people Absolutely. like to receive yeah. information because you can you can really burn bridges if you if you take the wrong approach. All right, how's time going? We should move yeah, on. Yeah, I was just thinking. Um, there's the next little thing is uh, types of personalities, but we've kind of we've touched on that throughout the whole thing, really. Yeah. Um, yep. and like, you know, how different people deal with the results. Well, I mean, that's, that's part of knowing your goals and being, being all mm-hmm. on the same page before going into something. Um, uh, yeah, you just said it while being coached, you know, some people like to be straight up. Um, what, what would be the strangest gig you would, you've had over your time? Do you think, I'm just trying to think of mm. <clears throat> putting me on the spot, probably ironically, um, one that springs to mind was actually with Vocal Evolution. I think down in one of those, down in one of those um, uh, Russellton Bunbury sort of festivals, where we had a fairly small audience and it was just fairly dead. Yeah. Um, so I think everyone's had that had that experience. You can't sometimes you can't you can't breathe life <laughs> into an audience uh, with with a with a balloon. You know, you just got to uh, you just got to let it let it roll out. Um, have you yeah. got any strange um, uh, experiences? Because we, oh, someone uh, was it Tony Sykes mentioning they 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 were singing in Ele- Elevator. Harbour Bridge was cool. Oh, Harbour Bridge. Oh yes. Oh, that's right. But yeah, that would be funny doing singing at people as they get into an elevator. <laughs> the the one, one lesson I learned uh, with a lion, <clears throat> we we um, went and sang for I think it was someone's birthday. We sang for for a um, for a uh, uh, an engagement which was beautiful. So uh, yeah, a, a proposal yep. which was Done beautiful. A couple of those. Um, down, 
down at um, on the on the beach uh, in Perth, and um, uh, yeah, it was really really lovely, and and, uh, and there was a positive outcome, which is nice. <laughs> um, but but a lesson a lesson we we learned singing for a bloke's birthday just somewhere in Subi or somewhere 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 centrally in Perth. Um, we brought in to sing a song for his birthday, and we kind of we were kind of too close to him. We kind of you know, and and so I think in hindsight, what you need to do is is uh, is you know start off singing to him, and then kind of open out and sing to everyone yeah. else. Because after the first sort of twenty or thirty seconds, it's just sort of it's awkward standing awkward, about yeah. one meter away from this person. He doesn't know where to look, and yeah, so so that was pretty. The, um, I think people, um, the yeah, when it comes to weird gigs, it's those ones where you're surprising someone and they don't know what's happening, uh-huh. and then it's all everything gets weird, and you just gotta gotta get through those ones sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. We did a, a did a, a hens party uh, in as the the uh, party was going from one venue to another. We were supposed to be just around the place in the city, and then started singing at this group of girls and it was just uh they loved it but it was yeah it was kind of it was in, it was intense a bit weird mm. um yes i remember it wasn't the gig so much but in, in tla was down at um denmark festival of voice and we discovered that that, that old courthouse that was you know probably over 100 years old oh. it was quite small yep. <clears throat> just the size of a, of a small standard house really but in that sort of all stone brick really thickly built and the acoustics inside were just sensational mm. we just sort of dropped in there for a quick sting ended up singing about five or six songs <laughs> um and every time we looked around there was another couple of people <laughs> in there we just walked in there ourselves suddenly by the end of it there were you know probably you know six or eight or a dozen people in there having a listen <laughs> so it was um yeah that was amazing it was that beautiful. Is, that's such a good room um what was i thinking uh oh yeah, yeah. So strange. That's strange gigs. We, you know, I haven't got, I haven't got heaps of stories. But they're always those. Yeah, when you got to surprise someone, it's always you never know what's going to happen. Um, and and uh, just as far as gigs and and uh, prepara- and um, uh, contest preparation, I, I may have mentioned <clears throat> uh, this in the previous podcast to build on a little bit. Um, certainly, what we did with uh, uh, with TLA was was. In the, in the three or four weeks leading up to contest, visited all the choruses in Perth and sang for them, which is just invaluable yep. um, rehearsal uh, and uh, performance preparation. Just really no substitute for physically doing, you know, the, the performance in, in front of an audience. Um, and um, even when that you don't necessarily have access to a lot of choruses, um, Catalyst did the same thing, but it was just in uh, Gosford or somewhere sort of north of Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we didn't have a whole bunch of choruses, but we just arranged <clears throat> to to go and visit a, a bunch of uh, little restaurants and we just sang you know one or two oh, songs nice. in, in each restaurant and they were just really appreciative and you know but it still physically gets you doing the performance in front of yeah. an audience uh, and it can often for for a non-barbershop you know, group that surprise performance <clears throat> and that can often be uh, yeah very well received. yeah we uh that this weekend is a great example of that uh with lockout we had a great session with uh beck hewitt on thursday night um, some really great stuff. I even wrote down notes. I never write down notes. Uh, not, yeah. Wow, speaking of what sort of personality you are. Yeah. Right. I just, <laughs> I just hope it sinks in. Um, and then we went to, uh, uh, Alex was doing a little cl- uh, class for, 
at a girls' school with a small, with a teeny tiny choir of like eight, um, and so we went and sang for them, like cold, no warm up, just straight into it. Yeah. And then we went and had a had a burger and a beer afterwards, and just talked about it, and and it was really eye opening because it because having a fresh coaching session the night before, and then trying to do all that stuff and not but like kind of just remembering everything as you're singing going yes. uh-huh yep uh-huh okay and then getting to sing for our chorus um uh, for ve on saturday afternoon again going in kind of cold but at least we've been singing all, all day but um mm-hmm. you know it was better again and then we got to sing for all our family and friends on on sunday and that that was after a bit of a warm-up and you know you're just building on each little Thing, okay okay last time i sang i something was weird here why was that and then just building on each experience and so absolutely it was one a great of, weekend for that kind of thing <clears throat> comes back to one of the biggest mistakes that most quartets make is and it sounds so obvious it's not actually implementing the coaching that you yeah. get it's it's incredible so if you want to rapidly improve um uh, take a video of your coaching session um, an, or an audio, um, make some notes, um, and have certainly have a have a performance at the end of, or you know, perform your, uh, uh, so that at the end of your coaching session you can feel and see and hear how it's different. Definitely. Um, and then, yeah, as as you're saying, Ash, uh, try to have some sing out somewhere where you can start to put it into place because it's it's you know completely understandable in human nature to be a bit thinky. Mm-hmm those first few times after a session to actually get it normalized and then one of the most invaluable concepts of performing in a relaxed way and in a non sort of stressed and, and distracted way is um, for this stuff to be second nature walk on stage and you've done yep. it you've done it a bunch of times in front of a bunch of audiences there's nothing new um, and that is again one of the biggest mistakes that, that most quartets make is um, step onto the contest stage without actually having performed in public before. Um, and certainly with those two songs, you just spend, with, with thoroughly positive uh, motivation, mm-hmm. and, and uh, just spend all your time in rehearsal, um, and then the first time you sing it for an audience is a competition. Yeah. Well, you know, that's not that's not setting yourself up for yeah. success. Yeah. We, yeah, we understand that in uh, uh, Vocal Evolution, we, we, as Western Regions coming up, we're like, hey, get up in front and have a sing for us, you know, because we, uh, we want to hear it, but also, like, just knowing how valuable it is that contest is not the first time <laughs> you've performed something. You know? Absolutely. It's, it's tricky. <clears throat> and for those of you who might not have performed in your quartet in front of your chorus or, or might only have done it once or twice and are wondering whether it's normal, yes, it is normal that it's arguably the most intense uh, audience yep. you will ever perform in front yes. of. <laughs> They're they're very supportive, but they yeah. know you very well, and they'll be you know, yes. yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> so you feel very exposed, um, uh, and uh, and and yes, you know that that you know every tiny little imperfection you might perform, they'll you know they'll they'll pick mm. up on. Um, but um, but basically, yes, it's it's uh, it's worth holding your feet to the fire yes. um, for. Uh, uh, it's a great bonding experience between the quartet and the chorus, but also it's it's a great way to flush out some of those things you may need to work yeah. on. And it's the most, it's the easiest um, audience to, to access that you have because they're just right at your feet. Yeah. 
So hopefully that's been uh, uh, interesting and beneficial for you, for for all y'all. Um, mainly the main thing is yeah, just uh, being smart and jumping in and and, and making making sure that you do the best that you know how to at this stage, and then you learn by doing. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I ask you head off to international in a few days, three or four three or four days, and I head off on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll be talking to all y'all with potentially a few exciting little guests uh from over in Merkel, yeah, Merkel. In, uh, in a week yep that's gonna be a whole bunch of stuff going on we've got some ideas hopefully we'll be able to do them um and sh schedule <laughs> them in and not not just I, be I, running I, around going i'm at barbershop barbershop uh, yay i have a feeling that um that uh there, there will be some opportunities yes i agree we have to schedule them in because otherwise the week goes yeah. too quickly but there'll be a bunch of um opportunities that we don't realize yet until we get yes, there for, uh, for for things to say so uh, and just as a it may be a statement of the obvious but for those who aren't as familiar with international um if 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 you love barbershop of course going to international it, it, it may go without saying but it may not definitely go sometime if yeah. you can it's just, just an amazing experience but even if you're only you know you're quite fond of barbershop um but you know you you, you love music and performance more generally um, there's just so much to be learned at international from from a cultural perspective. Just going and sharing this this hobby we love with with you know six or seven thousand people from all around mm. the world, um, and also yeah, so much musically to learn um, from from seeing the, the best in the world. It's uh, it's a it's a pretty awesome experience. So I would I would recommend it without hesitation to people who uh, who haven't been definitely before. big investment. But I reckon yes. It's great. All right, that's it from us. Next time, uh, we'll be talking to everyone from Vegas. It's going to be good. Bye, everyone. Okay, keep enjoying the singing and all that, and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, talk to you from the other side of the world. Bye. Vegas! Bye.